Lake Effect brings you conversations about what's happening in Milwaukee and the people, places, and organizations that shape our community. This is Lake Effect Spotlight from WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR. Actress Jane Kaczmarek is a self-described big-mouth Polish girl from Milwaukee who rose to fame as the character Lois on Malcolm in the Middle. Now she's back in her hometown performing in Theater Higante's latest production of Spalding Gray, Stories Left to Tell. She joins Lake Effect's Joy Powers in studio, along with Isabel Kroll, the founder and joint artistic director of Theater Higante. So Jane, I'm curious about your experiences here in Milwaukee. What are your first like theatrical experiences here in the city? My first theatrical experience was probably at Jeremiah Curtin grade school when I was a peach blossom in kindergarten, and I convinced all the other peach blossoms that we were supposed to exit stage right when we were supposed to (laughs) exit stage left. And they all believed me and followed me. And my mother thinks that that was the first time I realized, hmm, I can get people to do what I want on stage. Um, But I have very happy memories of being a baton twirler, a baton twirler with the Candettes, which was a big deal in the early 60s. There were so many parades, the South Shore Water Frolics, and oh, the parades in Milwaukee were fabulous. And I think twirling a baton in a furry hat was a theatrical experience, and I still love parades. And high school, I was in a lot of, I was in all the plays in high school at Greendale High School, which was, and had a wonderful teacher, Ron Kane, who really uh, encouraged me at a time when nobody went into this. I graduated from high school in 74, and there was really no celebrity teen culture then. Um, The Mouseketeers were on after school, but there was no social media. And went to University of Wisconsin and got a degree in education as we talked, and then got into graduate school and started working professionally after that. But Milwaukee was was a great place to grow up. Um, It was a great place to grow up. I remember taking the bus to see a production of Carousel at Mercy High School. And I can't believe my parents let me do this, but that was a great thing too in those (laughs) days. You know, I I was in sixth grade. And I took the bus to see this production of this musical. I don't even know how I knew about it. But my parents didn't worry where I was or when I was coming back. You know, you were a kid and you found your way around Milwaukee. And it has great happy memories. What's it like being back in town after your success as an actor and now doing theater in Milwaukee? Well, it's who says you can't go home again? I mean, I'm I'm certainly enjoying that. Mark Anderson, who is Isabel's partner and husband, partner with the theater company, and I knew each other in high school. He went to Whitnall. I went to Greendale. But he had a family that was enviable. His father was in charge, I think, the art programs at Milwaukee Public Schools. Their house was modern and had gorgeous art in it. And this was very different from, again, where my neighborhood. And Mark took asked me to see a production of Our Town at the Milwaukee Rep in 1973, maybe. It's the first time I'd ever seen it. And I was hysterical weeping and remember thinking, can theater make people feel this? This might be something I want to tell stories like this. But that experience with Mark Anderson in high school and that play uh, really cemented our friendship. And so coming back here and working with Mark and Isabel at Theater Gigante has been a real, it's a wonderful, fun homecoming. The production that you'll be doing, it's all about Spalding Gray. For people who don't know that much about Spalding Gray, Isabel Jane, how would you describe his life, his work? 
Well, I think he was an amazing artist, and, you know, he's referred to as a master monologist. Um, before I started working with Mark, because I had started the company in 87, and Mark joined in 99, before that, Mark did a lot of monologues. And so, and he knew Spalding Gray, and so I was also fortunate to meet him um, through Mark. And when Spalding died, Kathy Russo, his widow, had created this piece with Lucy Sexton, and we saw it in New York, and we just absolutely loved it because it does celebrate his work. For me, he was so honest on that stage, and it was such an incredible combination of wide-eyed wonder of life and of his own life. It was so non-judgmental. And I was in awe of someone who could sit on stage and not have any secrets. I mean, <laughs> he, he could tell it all, no problem. And yet, despite the fact that he was, you know, telling his life on stage, he had technique. He knew how to present it. He knew the dynamics of performance. He, he was impeccable. His writing is so beautiful. Yeah. I mean, it's a... Um and it's an interesting time. I, I know with social media, which, and I'm not saying this for any other reason, but I don't have social media, but I know people will chronicle their day so that their 375,000 friends can see what they had for breakfast. <laughs> and I was thinking that that's kind of a, something that has evolved from the idea of a man sitting at a desk, as he does in these, and telling you about an afternoon that something happened that, was, that he wants to share with you. And is beautifully told, beautifully written, and a sense of irony, a sense of um, yeah, he has surprise, the capacity of hilarity, and that you he, love go- listening to these yeah. um, musings of his. And it will be, as I said, what happened on an afternoon, what happened on the beach yeah. with a guy yeah. coming up to him. And I think that, unfortunately, all the kind of oversharing that happens on social media now, or perfection, you know, that I know the pictures are perfect of someone showing you what they looked like. Spalding Gray was not that, as you said. He, he, yeah, he's a storyteller. I mean, above and, all else, And he's isn't a afraid to show you the warts yeah. of himself yeah. in telling the story. Yeah. And what I love about his work is it's not sentimental at all. It's hilarious at times. It's moving at times. It's profound at times. Um, he makes incredibly beautiful observations, but it's not sentimental. There's a wonderful pragmatism, a refreshing pragmatism to his outlook on life. And humor. In one of the stories, one of the uh, pieces I read in, in our production of Stories Left to Tell is about him being the stage manager in our town on Broadway. And I love that because Mark and I met, not met, but, you know, we shared an Our Town experience together, he and I. And so to be talking about Spalding Gray's Our Town experience and the piece happens during arguably the most beautiful transcendental time in the third act of Our Town. And Spalding Gray relays something that happened on stage one night that just kicks the sentimentality <laughs> yeah. out of that story. And it's... And it's just masterful that he takes an audience down this and and it's about – and they're waiting, aren't they? They're waiting for something they know is coming, something um, uh, important and great. And, and then he tells a story of what happened on stage that um, – And yet it beautifully – it kicks that out of the way and yet it beautifully underscores the art of theater <laughs> that anything can happen. And, you know – You couldn't write a funnier – 
ending. <laughs> or more ironic yeah. 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 to this piece than what Thornton Wilder actually wrote. So as they always say, go back to the page, yeah. right? Yes. It's interesting to look at this and specifically his words in the context of kind of the world that we live in today in which, yes, so much of our lives are curated for this larger audience and with kind of this God's eye perspective on who we are and our place in the world versus, uh, yes, often the intimacy of theater. When you look at this production and the stories that you're telling, what do you hope the audience really takes away with them when they leave that theater? I think it's an affirmation of life. And I think even though we may not have had those specific adventures, I think he holds a mirror to life itself. And I th- hope that they walk away as, as you know, we do when we work with this material, uplifted and amused at life and accepting of life and loving life. And it also, I mean, I think with all my, well, my favorite playwrights or authors, brings it down to what I've heard called the sacred ordinary. It's just the things to have gratitude about, you know, the things that really make your life truly rich and those relationships with other people. What happens at the end of the yeah. the gathering of everybody at the end of this or his talks about his father and little moments that you wish it would have been different. You wish you had a relationship maybe with a parent that isn't what it is. But at the end of the day, be grateful for what it is and know you love him and he loves you and just keep going. What Kathy and Lucy did is they took the five aspects of his life that Kathy thought were most important to him. And they are love, family, adventure, career, and journals. And so each actor in the piece is one of those categories. And so it is very much about family and love and um, his feelings of what was important to him. And it's a beautiful structure, too. I yeah. was thinking about yeah, that. Yeah, they because, did a nice job You know, that. when you think of the five of us in this production, you know that when one or the other that I talk about, you know, his interviewing for the Johnny Carson show, his career, things that happened in his career. Um, Isabel talks about love and experiences with love and children. So you know when each actor starts speaking that, oh, this is going to be kind of part, that part of his life or something. It, there's a, a form and a structure to it that I think audiences will really... Yeah. And they also beautifully um, started when he was really young and, and really did progress yeah, he to had, his death. You know? He had no they, idea what he was going to do. Yeah. And so many people don't. I mean, that's an but exciting But the way thing they put together too. also all the stories in this, it takes you through his life mm-hmm. from, from youth mm, it to, does. Right, to right. when he died. This is also Theater Gigante's 35th anniversary, which uh, for people who are not in theater, that is a huge deal. To be huge. here 35 <laughs> years it is, is incredible. And I can also say in 35 years that we've always operated in the black. That's, yes, I've that's never even, heard of it. I, I know, yeah. right? So a lot of the work we do, Mark and I write, and it's hybrid and it involves movement and video and this and that. But we don't do mainstream plays. But the plays that we have done have all involved monologuing and breaking that fourth wall where you're talking to the audience. So A, this piece is really appropriate for what we like to do. And B, because Spalding is one of our favorite artists, uh, we feel it's sort of a gem in our 35th anniversary Mm -hmm. season. I should also say, when you asked me about Milwaukee, was no matter where I moved to, my mother always clipped from the Milwaukee (laughs) Journal 
the reviews of Mark Anderson's <laughs> plays. And Mark worked in, well, he's been with you since 19... Uh, uh, we did our Theater first Gigante. show together. and Yeah, Theater Gigante started in 87. Then we did our first show. I had called him and asked if he would come aboard to write uh, an It's a Wonderful Life version adaptation. We kind of liked each other, and uh, <laughs> the rest is history. And then he came here in 99 and became joint artistic director. So, But all these things, my mother would always send, and the <laughs> reviews were always so stellar. To me, going off whatever I wasn't doing, the idea of coming back to Milwaukee and working with them was always a really exciting proposition. Well, thank you both. Thank you. Oh, it was so much fun. Thank you very much. Jane Kaczmarek is a Milwaukee native and actor, perhaps best known as Lois from Malcolm in the Middle. Isabel Kroll is the founder and joint artistic director of Theater Higante, which is celebrating its 35th season. You can find more interviews like this one by visiting wuwm.com slash lake effect. And while you're there, subscribe to the Lake Effect Spotlight podcast. 